0: Hey there, and welcome to the Dad in the Trenches podcast, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. If this is your first time tuning in, a special welcome to you. Also note that this is right in the middle of a four-part series on 40 for 40, which is 40 lessons learned in the trenches by age 40. I just turned 40, and uh, these are some reflections Uh, as I reflect back on the last decade plus of life. Uh, So if you haven't already, I'd recommend flipping back over to number one through 10 as this is number 11 through 20. A couple of quick housekeeping items. Uh, Again, this is uh, by no means an exhaustive list. Uh, This is just uh, me writing things down and recording them as they came upon reflection. And they're in no particular order. Um, Also, this is a (laughs) non-high-production podcast series. I'm recording some of these in my car uh, as I have little breaks here and there. So, um, throwing in some audio in the background. Uh, Anyways, if you've been listening along and there's anything that stands out to you, I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at hello at com. Or feel free to go in on Instagram and drop a note in the comments uh, regarding today's podcast. More importantly, um, if you would, if you've listened for a long time, or if this is your first time and you really enjoy uh, today's podcast, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe if you're on Apple or iTunes. Um, really helps just push the podcast up in the search features, so other dads looking for these kind of resources can find it. So, without further delay, let's jump in with 40 for 40, number 11 through 20. Number 11. Fatherhood is war. Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, In this life, we will have trouble. So there's a promise of difficulty. Too often times in today's world, we shy away from difficulty, take the easy path, move away from conflict. And you know what? The difficulties will come. We have an enemy. We have our own sin nature. We have the sin nature of others to deal with, especially with those in our own family. We have an ungodly culture that's pushing back against the ways of Jesus. You know, Hebrews uh, chapter 12, there's a verse and think it's around uh, 11 that talks about discipline, but it's talking about all these things seem painful, but later yields peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. So there's this aspect of pressing into difficulty, of pressing into discipline, of going through hard times that, if we have the right perspective, if we weather the storms so we embrace Jesus and hold us steady, we're guaranteed fruit and righteousness in the middle of it. And that's ultimately why we can handle these difficulties. Yes, fatherhood is war, but as Jesus said in John 16:33, take heart for I have overcome the world. So even though there's trouble, we have Him. Even though fatherhood is war, We have hope and a Savior that we can embrace and who will be right there in the middle of it all with us. Thank you, Jesus. Number 12. Intentionality. Now, being completely honest here, I was living accidentally for far too much of life. I would say finally in my 30s did I ultimately get a vision for my life and cemented in values that are truly the compass for all of life. Who I am, what I'm meant for, what I'm called to do. Uh, but this accidental living for much of a life and then uh, more recently has bled into fatherhood where I really didn't have a sense of what I needed to be doing as a dad and how to be more intentional as a father And I think this is actually far more common in the church than we even realize um, you know you look at Barna and Pupols, um, and they tell us between 70-80% and 80% of self-identifying young Christians walk away from the faith in their 20's and I personally believe the direct correlation is just from my own experience due to a lack of intentional fathering of our kids and Dad's not having a clue of where we're going or have a plan. Um, you know, As a result, we've outsourced spiritual leadership in the church, um, youth pastors, children's workers, etc., for an hour or two a week and expect that to be enough help to influence our kids and their life with God. And here's the deal. While that may be the norm, um, the good news is that God can awaken us as dads. I can attest to this personally. Where there was apathy, there is now engagement. Where there's accidental living, there's now more intentionality. Now, I'm not perfect. None of us are. I'll still get it wrong. But here's the deal. The trajectory of life and of fatherhood and of legacy has changed dramatically. It happened for me. And it can also be the case for others, too in this aspect of intentionality. The next three are actually going to be about marriage. So uh, definitely a huge part of life and lessons learned. So I'm going to break these apart uh, just as these came. So number thirteen, communication in marriage now to just be perfectly honest I am bad at communication um, when it comes to my marriage thankfully theres there, there has been loads of process um, for instance I am very much introverted in an internal processor my wife is very, um, she's extroverted in a verbal processor um, so thus we're at the opposite ends of the spectrum and I have to move towards her in my communication. Um, I I can't remember a book or resource I came across that actually talked about moving, uh, especially in conflict, falling towards your spouse. And this very much is applicable in communication in that even though I'm naturally introverted and an internal processor, I have to move towards her in uh, verbally processing what's going on real time instead of... um, sitting there quietly like a computer uh, munching on data and then spitting out something <laughs> it's insanely hard uh in this aspect of moving towards her in this communication but it is absolutely worth it you know uh passage in peter first peter that comes to mind of husbands live with your wife in an understanding way this is absolutely part of it in communication, moving towards her, even out, outside of my, what my default is, but understanding the way she's designed and the way I can meet her in that and move towards that in communication. Number 14, continuing on with lessons learned in marriage. Um, This is the Love Languages. It's similar to communication. Um, If you're familiar at all with Gary Chapman's book, uh, The Five Love Languages, this is where this comes into play. And uh, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend you pick it up. I even have it um, as a link in the resources tab of the website. Um, But The Five Love Languages, this is both how you give... And this is also how you receive, what speaks to you. And um, it's by no means an exhaustive list, but I think uh, with his intent, these are the five most common things that he saw. And was super helpful for me and also just in in marriage continually to be things I come back to. So the five love languages are uh, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. Now I am much more, especially when I give, I am much more one that is an acts of service kind of guy. And uh, love projects, love things like that, am, am good at those kind of things. But you know what, as far as what my wife actually, what meets her, it is not acts of service. That's actually probably one of the lowest ones for her if she were to rank them. <laughs> so again, in the spirit of First Peter of husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way understanding how, uh, what meets her emotionally in these five things, and understanding yourself and how you give and what you prefer to give, what's your default, and learning to move towards her in these five love languages. Super important, super helpful. If you haven't already, I'd actually highly recommend you go pick up, uh, pick up the book. 15, this is the last one here on marriage, and it's really just this idea of marriage is meant not just to make us happy, but also to make us holy. This com- this concept actually is, is further flushed out in a book called Sacred Marriage. Again, another resource I highly recommend you picking up uh, on the resources tab of the website, dadinthetrenches.com. There is a section for marriage books uh, that I highly recommend, and this is one of sacred marriage, and he flushes out this idea of God really has designed marriage to help make you holy, not just happy. And so this could not be more pertinent for today's culture, today's society, Um, a self-absorbed society, selfish society, um, individualistic society. I think too often we come into marriage with this idea that all my deepest desires are going to be met and, um, you know, I'm going to be happy all the time. Well, a lot of people get into marriage thinking that and they're rudely awakened within the first several maybe days, weeks, or months. And, um, you know, God has a greater purpose for marriage than just our own pleasures He actually, because He loves us so much, wants to shape us into being more like Jesus. And so sometimes that means, you know, with being in close proximity with a person in marriage, the vulnerabilities and the weaknesses and the insecurities and the brokenness and the baggage of our own souls uh, becomes much more uh, illuminated in the mirror that is our marriage, Uh, the mirror that's held up to us by our spouse of, you know, you're pretty selfish in this or um, the conflicts that may come. Conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. It's something that's taken me a long time to be okay with. Um, But ultimately, the purpose is meant to make us holy. The purpose is to help shave off these rough spots on us. If we have that big picture perspective, we can weather the storms that may come in marriage. We can weather the storms and the difficulties Marriage is there to help make us holy. Hey there. We're going to take a quick pause for a little intermission break. And I simply just want to say thank you. Thanks for tuning in today to the Dad in the Trenches podcast. For those of you that have been listening for any stretch of time, who have been following along and interacting on Instagram, uh, who have jumped in on the website, taken the dad survey, uh, been a part of our giveaway contests, I just want to say thanks. And uh, I'm super excited that you found your way to Dad in the Trenches. Um, you know, Dad in the Trenches was something that was birthed into my heart many years ago um, when I was coming out of just some difficulties in life, and trying to get my footing as a father, as a husband, as a man, and I was searching for resources and uh, avenues for help and, and encouragement and challenge. just wasn't finding a whole lot, and, and as I was kind of coming out of that season, as the Lord led me through, I had the help of friends and community and counselor, um, you know, Dad in the Trenches was just something that was birthed in my heart, and so I uh, was excited to, to kind of begin to roll that out. Um, over this last seven months or so and um, I've been able to interact with so many of you um, by the direct message email um, some phone calls and um, I'm, I'm honored to know so many of you and um, I think there's so much more good to come and I'm super encouraged just by all the dads that are trying to live intentionally and uh, trying to do the best they can as fathers, as husbands uh, as leaders and are actively engaging and seeking out uh, not only resources but actively and seeking out engaging Jesus and uh, letting him shape, shape them so if that's you, thanks thanks so much, I'm so glad and honored to, to get to know you I'm honored and, and glad that you've uh, found Dad in the trenches and her part in some way and just bless you and the best is still yet to come in our lives. Keep going. Stay the course. God bless. Let's jump back over to some more 40 for 40. Number 16. Emotions. There's a lot of uh, things we can talk about here with emotions, but ultimately our emotions are God-given, and they're there for a reason. Um, I think about Jesus even in in the Gospels and how he openly wept in front of um, the crowd that was with him when he found about the death of his friend Lazarus. You know, Jesus, of course, is a model for us and, and of what God means for us to become and so Jesus wasn't this stoic heartless fellow he he was honest with his emotions but also here's the thing about emotions is I think they're meant to be a they're meant to be a light on the dashboard of our souls not necessarily the steering wheel and too often and I found this to be the case in my life and even in you know the Christian world I think we put too high of a premium on our emotions and our feelings and let them dictate our actions um, you know, common statements of, well, I just didn't feel like going to church, or I don't feel like praying, or I didn't feel like reading my Bible. You know, like, I know those are simple examples, but are actually pretty common exp- excuses. And, um, you know, regarding emotions and just living out of uh, feeling and that kind of thing, I, I actually spent some time with a counselor a handful of years ago, um, and he passed along this super wise and just practical statement to me um, about just living out of feelings and he said no emotional response to unverified data let's unpack that for a second Um, you know I've learned that my flesh tendency is to look at things too subjectively instead of objectively subjectivity does this it jumps to conclusions it fills in the gaps with people situations uh, things said or unsaid Um, essentially it assumes the worst of the intent of others it's very much a a emotional response side of things so versus objectivity taking things at face value if there is like ambiguity or you don't quite understand what someone said ask clarifying questions it, it seeks to assume positive intent from the outset um So here's the deal, you know, living subjectively, uh, just solely controlled by our emotions, um, it sets up all sorts of unmet expectations, uh, harbored internal entitlements, and results in a lot of pent-up disappointment, which can result in a lot of anger. Um, So the good news, really, though, when it comes to um, our emotions, yes, we need to live honestly with our emotions, but, you know... Second Timothy 1.7 God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power of love and self-control. And Romans 12.2 Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, so there's this, this aspect of having word and also spirit to help guide us to renew us And to give us the power to overcome just being tossed about by our emotions. It's good that they're there as a light on a dashboard for us, but they are not the steering wheel. Number 17 money is a tool. Now we're all probably familiar with the verse that talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. So this boils down to having our internal compass pointed correctly and attached to the correct vine. I refer back to uh, number three about what vine are we attached to. But You know, I've led financial peace courses in the workplace um, in years past and uh, see time and time again that It seems like money issues boil down, really, to self-control and following a plan. Most of us, if uh, we get a raise, we raise our standard of living. Uh, We don't have self-control to put excess away and not live larger. And honestly, it's been true in my own life and so many that I've seen around me, too. Having the discipline to use money as a tool only and not try and also fulfill this fleshly longing is super hard. And, but honestly, it's part of growing up. And really, if we're, if we're honest and we're wrapping our lives around God's ways, all this is His anyways. So, this aspect of asking Him, God, what do you want me to do with my money? How do you want me to spend this? How do you want me to invest? How do you want me to bless? All these things are just part of it, part of growing up. And God uses money to help shape these Ref edges off of our soul as well. So money's a tool. Number 18. Endurance. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This verse in itself just flies in the face of today's advice of, If it feels good, do it! Or really, what the underlying uh, belief is, Don't do anything that doesn't feel good to you which really is is selfishness. But here's the question I've come to ask myself. What if God is more interested in my willingness to submit and endure hard times? Yes, fatherhood is war. Sometimes situations happen just simply. It's spiritual attack is due to spiritual attack. But I also think there are situations and difficulties that come about because God is more after my character and maturity rather than my comfort. Just like, you know, you put it in an earthly perspective here, I'm concerned about the character of my kids and their holiness. I help guide and correct. Um, I help train them. I help discipline them because I'm concerned about those things. And God... He's a much better father than myself, I might add. He's concerned about my character and holiness. And he desires to guide me into maturity. So faithfully embrace endurance and difficulty. There's good to be had in it. Number 19, the need for church community. Now, this is a loaded topic, but I'm just going to talk um, broad brush strokes. Church, ultimately, is a group of people devoted to God. It is not a building. Um, And unfortunately, I think in Western Christianity... Uh, We've perpetuated this idea that church is a place you go, not a a group of people you are a part of or an identity that you're a part of, which ultimately is the body of Christ. Um, But with that, we need church community because God is more concerned with our transformation than our comfort. The sharpening isn't pleasant. just As scripture talks about iron sharpens iron, it requires friction. Uh, It's necessary to be transformed. So transformation um, comes from engagement, not just in attending. You actually have to know and be known to participate in the lives of others in order to be shaped. So, in a sense, Lone Ranger Christians are actually uh, causing atrophy spiritually in their own lives church community is needed and it requires that we press in. And here's the deal. Ultimately, God means for Jesus to be made manifest in his body, the church. And the world is meant to see Jesus because of his church. Thus, this isn't just about us. We're meant to play a part in a bigger story And our engagement in the body of Christ actually means something to make Him manifest before the world. Devotion to God and His people is therefore paramount. We need to be a part of church community. Number 20. Head and heart. Now, it sounds funny to say, but I am a recovering Pharisee. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, well, I, I grew up in the church. I know all the right answers. Uh, but as the prophets and Jesus point out in Scripture, you can know a lot and know a lot about God, but if your heart is far from God, you're truly missing it that was me. That's so much of my story of recovering from that. I've been learning heart, not just head, when it comes to life of God. The aspects of learning to live it, not just know it, because it comes from the core of who I've become. There's what you know, there's what you believe, what you do. But uh, as Francis Chan succinctly put it, God doesn't just want us to have good theology. He wants us to know to love Him. And that's a lifetime journey. It's not something you necessarily pick up in seminary or just in reading your Bible. It's developed over time and engaging your heart with Jesus day in and day out. And in asking God to connect our heads and our hearts so we can love Him with our heart, soul, and mind. It's head and it's heart. well that wraps us up here for the second installment of 40 for 40 thanks for tuning in here at the Dad in the Trenches podcast and stay on the lookout for the next grouping third installment 40 for 40 you're awesome thanks for tuning in and more than anything if this has been encouraging equipping or challenging for you share it with another Dad in the Trenches that it might bless or that could use some encouragement maybe words of wisdom or perspective bless them this day Talk to you soon.